With all that we have examined, why are there not more scientists coming out in support of God's existence? The reason that scientists have always been less religious than the laity, losing their religion faster and more completely than any other demographic, such that science is almost entirely atheist, is first that statistically the more you know, the less you believe. And this is because of the more important detail that God apparently, evidently, and logically obviously does not exist. A chief reason, there are others we will discuss later, that many will not acknowledge God's existence is because it also would be a change of religion for them, literally. Rejection of religion is not a change of religion. Whenever one changes religion, they switch from the irreconcilable dogma of one sect and wander blindly into the equally meaningless myths of another. And they'll do this to acquire political power or property or as a condition of marriage or for many other reasons that have nothing to do with whichever doctrine seems more likely true. Even when this is about information, faith is like throwing a dart blindfolded and then drawing a target around wherever it sticks and calling that the absolute truth. That's why there are so many wildly different conflicting denominations of different religions with none of them determinably more accurate than the others because they're all imagined out of nothing with no concern for what is really true. Very often, converts haven't studied the new dogma and didn't understand their old belief system either because changing from one faith to another is more cultural than intellectual, like choosing which sports team to endorse on your jersey. But when you don't just walk away from one faith, but from all faiths, realizing that faith itself is the source of all that auto-deceptive delusion and confusion, then it doesn't matter which religious or cultural tradition you came from. Every apostate to abandon faith and follow reason instead ends up drawn to the same one and only verifiable reality that is revealed by science and reason. That is the truth of nature and the nature of truth. Think. Most people cling at all costs to long-held beliefs, with this stubbornness more applicable to religious beliefs than any others. Thank you for that admission of your own fault, but don't project it onto me. Faith is an unreasonable assertion of complete conviction that is assumed without reason and defended against all reason. However, because faith is the most dishonest position it is possible to have, sincere believers reject faith upon realization of that fact. Then the question is whether they choose to believe whatever they want to believe, regardless whether it is true or not, or whether they would rather understand reality as it is. So that all that matters is how we can know what is at least probably true and not be fooled into believing unsupported speculation that is neither verifiable nor even probable. If they choose knowledge over faith, as honest people will, then they cease to be believers anymore. Atheism and evolution are religions to vast millions, something they consider to be personal, matters of faith not to be contested. Atheism and evolution are religions to exactly no one anywhere ever. And neither one has anything to do with faith either, nor are they personal, as both are based on objective principles of rational intellectual honesty rather than faith. Evolution is a scientific study of population genetics and biodiversity over time, one which is traceable, demonstrable, and measurable by experts of many different religions as well as those of no religion. Because while there are religions that could be called atheists, like some forms of Buddhism or pantheism because those religions might not include gods, the word atheism means without theism, without religion. So a lack of religion is not a religion, and a lack of faith is not faith. You are a liar, Mr. Pack, and unlike you, we are not afraid of having our beliefs contested either. Don't try. 
I repeat, this series is for the open-minded, hopefully you, not them. Once again, you're projecting. Faith is the definition of a closed mind. That's why so many religious organizations post a statement of faith admitting that they will never change their minds even if they're proven wrong. Whereas those who reject faith, preferring an accurate understanding instead of blind belief, would actually thank you for correcting us if you were really able to do that. Because unlike you, we would rather be proven wrong than go on foolishly believing something that isn't true. We would change our minds if you presented us with any verifiable truth. But you don't have that. All you have is willful ignorance from a lifetime of having your mind entombed in an imaginary alternative reality made entirely of delusional illusions and bewildering inanity. Let's see why so many atheists and evolutionists live in a world of frustration and disillusionment. It reveals a great truth. You don't know what truth is. You have no familiarity with it and will not use it. Instead, you lie about us. I don't know any atheist such as you describe, unless the frustration you speak of is that we live in a world ruled by leaders who are no more honest, competent, educated, or ethical than you. Otherwise, we are much better off than believers on several statistical metrics. I've always been happier than you'll ever be. So you shouldn't talk about the frustration and disillusionment of atheists, because remember, as I said in the last video, I've heard from the people in your cult. I know better. They worked your ass off, you know. You, there was no standing around. Uh, David C. Pack, you know, David Pack, the pastor general of the church, you know, if he saw, you know, he hated seeing people walking slow. He, he made it a point to, you know, scare the church members into that you should be walking fast all the time and, you know, with, with, with fear and, you know, get the work done, to get God's work done. So there was a lot of that bullshit and, and keep them tired, keep them so they don't ask questions or don't think because that's what a cult does. They keep you so busy, they keep you so in fear that you don't think for yourself and don't ask questions. The authoritative abuse, more like spiritual abuse uh, from the higher-ups because they're always looking, you know, they're always using fear that the end is coming, that the apocalypse or whatever is coming, Armageddon, you know, all this shit to scare you to get your money, to get you into obedience, to get you to do things for them. It's just an abusive relationship. There was dating restrictions. Um, I couldn't date anyone outside of my race. I couldn't even dance with someone outside of my race. They regulated your hair length. You know, men couldn't have his hair past the ears, I think. And I'm thinking to myself at the time when I'm out there, I'm like, I want to be any almost anywhere else than here. This is, this is not what I wanted. So I just like took all my stuff one morning and just like packed my car, whatever I could, and just just left. I left a few things there, but I could give two shits about that because it's, I'm gone and it's over and I'm happier. So today I'm an, uh, I'm an agnostic, um, a, a very much happier agnostic uh, than I was as a theist, um, a theist in a cult and so, Mr. Pack-a-Lies, you dare say that we're the ones who are frustrated and disillusioned? You'd better get that plank out of your eye, you hypocrite. Finding a distinct beginning to the universe was something that most scientists did not anticipate, and which made most of them, like Einstein, enormously uncomfortable. One moment you claim that Einstein was a believer, and then your sources admit he was not. 
There is a kind of religion in science, says Jastro, a famous scientist. Why did you just quote someone who was only quoting someone else? Why didn't you quote Robert Jastro, a NASA astronomer? Instead, you're quoting Dennis Bariant, quoting Jastro. Bariant is a paranoid conspiracy theorist and a wannabe theologian at an ultra-conservative right-wing propaganda site. So you're not quoting NASA, you're quoting a blog. Why not skip the unnecessary alarmist in the middle and quote the scientist directly instead of showing how laughably biased and embarrassingly inadequate and limited your own sources are? It is the religion of a person who believes there is order and harmony in the universe, and every event can be explained in a rational way as the product of some previous event. Methodological naturalism, as Jastrow surely must have known, is not a religion. It's not even like a religion. It is literally the scientific method. Every effect must have its cause. There is no first cause, but here it was, a first effect. The universe, most astronomers and physicists now agree, had a distinct beginning. Yes, scientists figured that out where theologians have never figured out anything. And scientists would like to know more about how that came about where theologians can only pretend to know what they really don't know. And if we ever do determine the answer, I think that that first cause will turn out to be a rift in the space-time continuum where fourth-dimensional matter inflated a three-dimensional space, and nothing like a god will ever be indicated. Because the Bible has already been proven wrong on every testable claim that it makes, so no matter what the answer turns out to be, we already know that isn't it. There, therefore, must be a first cause, a prime mover, God that set the universe in motion. I should note that Jastrow described himself as an agnostic and a non-believer. He was an atheist. Thus, his sensational comments here seem to be toying with a religious audience. I think he was just having fun being facetious and he's playing with you. For the scientist who has lived by his faith in the mountains of ignorance, he is about to conquer the highest peak. As he pulls himself over the final rock, he is greeted by a band of theologians who've been sitting there for centuries. Right. As if the theologians in this parable were not themselves literally living in the mountains of ignorance when the scientists found them. As if there was any other source of knowledge besides science that was ever confirmed to be right about anything. As if everything we know didn't come from science. As if theologians ever got anything right on any subject at any point in history. It's a nice fable for you, I'm sure, but like all your beliefs, this too is a fantasy. Scientists do not live by faith. Science requires accuracy and accountability, demanding evidence to back every postulation and always checking everyone's facts and figures, seeking to expose and correct any error for the sake of stripping away falsity and improving understanding. Consequently, science does not allow faith. It is the antithesis of faith, and the reason that it works is because it works exactly opposite of faith. How sad that so many scientists seem to receive the knowledge of God's existence as a setback or defeat to be overcome, rather than joyfully accepting it as the biggest answer among life's greatest questions. No one, neither scientists nor anyone else, has ever received knowledge of God's existence. Merely succumbing to that superstition would be a setback, though, because miracles and mythology provide no answers to any important questions. Empty speculation, dishonestly asserted as fact, 
even when it is not fact, meaning that it cannot be verified, is simply a lie. It cannot answer any question until or unless there is some way to either falsify it or confirm how accurate it is. I know that irrational people joyfully embrace the same baseless assumptions that you do without any defensible reason, but they wouldn't do that if it mattered to them what is really true. A brief inset. While a subject for another time, at least realize the universe and Earth are not 6,000 years old as some claim. Well, look at that. We agree on something. This comes from misunderstanding the Genesis account, which leads many to lose confidence in the arguments of creationists. No. The reason people have no confidence in the arguments of creationists is that they're all baseless assertions of frauds, falsehoods, and fallacies devoid of any actual factual data indicative of your assumptions. And you believe impossible nonsense for no good reason. It's hard for people to believe in you when they see that you're just making shit up and that you never have any idea what you're talking about and are always wrong on every point all the time, especially in your case. Lacking any sort of charismatic charm, being so obviously ignorant, bigoted, irrational, delusional, dishonest, and reportedly abusive to however few are weaker than you. Let's learn the truth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 1 describes when God created everything. It is straightforward, and nearly all translations render it the same. True, but that doesn't make the verse in question truth. You've just revealed that you don't know what truth is. Truth is whatever statement can be shown to be true. So far, you've yet to do that, because this passage of folklore doesn't qualify. You've said nothing that was truth, so I'm revoking your right to use that word anymore. The true God is a perfect being. He always creates for a purpose. There is no such thing as a true God, and you are a false prophet. Consider his description of when the heavens and earth were created. That was not his description, but the speculation of human storytellers who were later interpreted as though they were speaking for God. I hear from those who know you that you've never read a book you didn't write, and that's why you don't know anything. You should fix that. I suggest you get my book, currently listed as number one new release in Christianity. In it, you'll see that you have just demonstrated a foundational falsehood of creationism, that supposedly sacred scriptures are the word of God. But God never wrote anything because he isn't real. He's a product of human imagination. Mere fallible men made up outlandish fables about their gods, but even the sacred scrolls are attributed to human authors and don't even pretend to have been written by a god. The Bible is the word of superstitious savages who obviously didn't know what they were talking about. Thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He has established it, he created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. The Hebrew for vain means a desolation, desert, a worthless thing without form, nothing, waste, or wilderness. The heavens and earth were created for immediate habitation, obviously not a worthless thing without form. The obvious context here is that it was a wilderness or a desert at first until God magicked up plants and animals and constructed a giant crystal dome to rain water down from above as well as fountains to spring it up from below. 
Neither of these really exist because it's just a fable written by people who thought that the world was a flat disk, as described in Isaiah 40:22. They called it a circle, not a sphere, because they had no understanding of the true state of the earth, nor its relation to the cosmos, and obviously had no comprehension of its history either. Most never hear how the pre-Adamic world was populated by giant prehistoric creatures. This was a time of prehistory, as far as man is concerned. Men were created later, after the time Satan ruled the earth as Lucifer with his one-third of the angels, now demons. Men came after the time of their rebellion. No, none of that ever happened. There was never a Lucifer nor any demons either. These are the myths of men being blended together, then enhanced and exaggerated. For example, when Isaiah spoke of Lucifer, he wasn't talking about Satan, your imaginary devil. He was complaining about Babylonian astrology, where in this case, the planet Venus, also known as the morning star or light bringer, was cast as the character Halel bin Shahar. He was supposed to be the rebellious son of Shahar, the dawn, twin brother of Shalim, the dusk. These twins were the sons of the father god El, who was eventually melded together with the Canaanite god Yahweh, or Jehovah. So in this case, Lucifer is the grandson of God, who is, of course, the son. But at this point, your God didn't yet exist. He hadn't been invented yet. In the original story, what the Babylonians thought was the most glorious star in the sky tried to rebel against his father, the dawn, but his attempted coup failed. The sun still rose in the east while Venus, the morning star, diminished and set in the west. That's why it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the morning? How art thou cast down to the ground that didst lay low the nations? This story was never supposed to be interpreted as a history of intelligent beings doing things. This is a childhood fable to explain what would have been better explained by the rotation of the earth, which the authors didn't know about. That's it. That's all the significance there ever was to this story. Just a daily rerun of the dawn drowning out a once brilliant planet mistaken for a star. Later Christian tradition completely misunderstood that, recast the story as if it involved real characters, and turned it into a rebellion of angels. It's all a gross distortion, a complete fabrication made up out of nothing. Dinosaurs of all kinds, as well as animals like giant reptiles, inhabited Earth. Yet the Bible gives no hint of that, because the ignorant primitives who wrote it didn't know anything about that. That's why there's no mention of it in your mythology, where there certainly would have been if the Bible had really been written by someone who knew better. Now Genesis 1-2. Without form comes from tohu, the same as vain in Isaiah 45-18. Void comes from bohu, meaning a vacuity, a total emptiness of matter, a vacuum, an undistinguishable ruin. This is exactly what God said he did not create. He is not the author of confusion, rather doing everything decently and in order. Then why is everything in Genesis 1 created in a different order than in Genesis 2? If God wrote this compilation of nonsense, then why does it come in the form of dozens of different books arbitrarily assembled or omitted by human committees? If God is not the author of confusion, then why does the Bible contradict itself hundreds of times? Why doesn't it ever explain anything correctly? If God wrote the Bible and the Bible is supposed to be the truth, then why does the Bible say that God lied? That he lied to his prophets, that he made his prophets into liars, and that the scribes who wrote the Bible have turned it into a lie? The Hebrew Haya makes this crystal clear. 
Incorrectly translated was in Genesis 1-2, a proper rendering is became or came to be. So the most accurate translation of verse 2 is, the earth became desolate, a worthless thing in an undistinguishable ruin. Or a more accurate interpretation is that it became a desert wilderness. It was void in the sense that it was an indistinguishable ruin. It didn't become without form. It was already without form. And the reason we know that this is the correct interpretation is because it was after that point that God is described as giving form to it, raising the land above the sea and creating rivers and such. This proves that you got all of that exactly backwards. Let's summarize. Genesis 1-1 describes God creating the entire universe. Satan's rebellion occurred at some point between verses 1 and 2. Whoa! Talk about reading between the lines. You've somehow shoved the entirety of geologic history between two connected sentences such that four billion years had passed before there was even a second day. Just to pretend that the Bible says something that it obviously doesn't say because they had failed to overthrow their creator, the devil and his demons, like spoiled children who could not get their own way, wrecked the face of the earth. Earthquakes and volcanoes shattered the planet, causing geological mayhem. Poisonous gases filled the atmosphere, choking everything that breathed and shutting out sunlight. Oceans overflowed Earth's surface until the whole planet was covered with water. All life, dinosaurs, plants, insects, and other creatures, was destroyed. And according to you, all of this happened before God raised the land above the water, before he separated the waters above the firmament from the sky beneath it, before he created plants and animals, before there was light, and before God created the sun. All of which proves that your interpretation cannot be correct, because paleobiology proves that there was already dry land and light and stable weather for a habitable environment. This is why religion doesn't allow believers to question anything, isn't it? Verses 1 and 2 describe vastly different times and events. Verse 2 describes Earth's recreation. Young Earth creationists correctly date this to about 6,000 years ago. Even though the temple of Gobleki-Tip is more than twice that old? You know that the cities of Jericho and Aleppo were more than twice that old too, right? Obviously not. Nor did you know that the city of Nakata already existed by then as well. The calendar of the Yazidi people is several centuries older than you think the earth is. Archaeologists and geneticists have also confirmed that the ancestors of today's Native Americans were already in South America 12,000 years ago. Some years ago, I made a video called An Archaeological Moment in Time, which explains what the different societies around the globe already looked like in the day that you imagine the Earth was created. I know you don't ever talk to scientists, but if you ask archaeologists about their studies of any of the currently inhabited parts of the world, you'll learn that there were diverse cultures with different languages already dispersed all over the world many thousands of years before you think the world of men was even created. But Earth has existed for billions of years. Right, and according to you and your misunderstanding of Bronze Age mythology, the Earth was inhabited by demons all that time. However, 
Reality indicates something else, reversing your sequence of events, such that the tumultuous period of poisonous gases and all that came at the beginning, followed by a stabilization and proliferation of increasingly complex ecosystems. Scientific evidence shows that the Earth was only inhabited by microbes for the first 80% of the history of life on this planet. Once eukaryotes were derived, largely by endosymbiosis, they began a proliferation into protists and then the first molds, plants, and animals, all occurring at different times. And importantly, there is no division whatever between what you describe as two vastly different time periods. Modern humans emerged among a few remaining prehistoric monsters. And when men built their first cities thousands of years before you think the world began, there were many more species than there are today. And when you think our world was created, mankind was already ancient, and woolly mammoths were still around. Only very recently did God renew, recreate it for the first human beings, Adam and Eve. Not human interpretation, this is the Bible interpreting itself, which is one of the 12 great rules of Bible study. Ho, ho, ho. This is not the Bible interpreting itself. This is you, literally reading between the lines and then just ignoring the lines and making up some bullshit to ignore the stupid shit the Bible actually does say while trying to conceal the fact that it doesn't say what you want to pretend that it does. The scripture doesn't even allow that you could be right about that. So once again, we see that you are absolutely wrong about absolutely everything and that you're just lying about it. When one lets the Bible tell him what the Bible means and properly uses scientific data, the truth of creation is not only understood, but awe-inspiring. This sentence you actually got correct until you got to the last word. For most people, I think. If you let the Bible say what it actually does say, which you did not do, and properly use scientific data, which you don't even know how to do, then you'll figure out pretty quickly that what you were taught to believe is the absolute truth turns out to be nothing but fables and falsehoods that we know can't be true. And we'll know that those who taught us to believe all this foolishness were ignorant, manipulative, narcissistic frauds and false prophets like you. <laughs> <laughs>